Welcome to Stampede No Like Trust. In the house today, No Like and Trust, Troy, tell us about the show. Or just, you know, I'm just nodding off to Troy. Nodding off to Troy? I'm not going to sleep. Nodding to Troy. Thank you. Thank you. The No Like and Trust podcast is sponsored by Stampede Digital Systems. We are a marketing company. Um, some people get upset because we do too much. They say focus, focus, focus. But when you're really t- to connecting to a small business, there you have to be able to pivot to what they need and create that plan for them and help them get stuff done, right? And all of them are different. And all of them are so <laughs> unique and yep, different budgets. So 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 the podcast's idea is that you can figure out reach. You can figure out your email. You can figure out this. But why are you, why? How are you connecting to people? Um, how are you getting them to know you and to like you and to trust you? Yeah. And and in the end, it's that touchy-feely, warm, emotional thing that's the most important thing while you're learning all the other pieces. So thus the podcast. We always buy on emotions. Also in the house, Ryan yes. Pilkington. That's me. Your two cents, Ryan Pilkington. Uh, Stampede Digital Systems. We like. You very much. Lot, lot. We like you. <laughs> we like you too. <laughs> yeah. Ryan. Now, these guys are awesome. Uh, really quick, <laughs> Mr. Brett Rich. Just say hello to the folks. Hello to the folks. <laughs> <laughs> so how this goes, we've got a, a great guest today. We've got Terry McDougal on the uh, hot seat today. We're going to get to know, like, and trust her. Uh, at any given time, you, you're going to say stuff, but we may break in and, and have questions about what you're talking about and all that. We've kind of given her the lowdown. She's going to be a part of a couple wheels. We're going to spin some wheels. and uh, just Wow. Oh, sorry. I just got blinded by the light. Um, anyway, are we ready to just get started? Let's just jump right into I'm so right excited for Terry. Um, winning the Game of Work is one of her books, and so I want to... I wanna, Find out. This. Yeah. yeah. So, Terry, Ooh. just kind of, we're going to give the floor to you to just tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing out there, your world, whatever that looks like, and then we'll spin some wheels. Sounds good. Well, so, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here among the Stampede. Hopefully, I won't get trampled. Among the Stampede. I love that. <laughs> um, I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant and also an author and speaker. Um, I work with high achievers who are what I call successful but not satisfied. And what I mean by that is that when you look at them on paper, they look like they're a success. But when I talk with them, they kind of let their hair down and it becomes apparent that they're paying a much higher than necessary price for their success in terms of stress, burnout, anxiety, sometimes relationship and health problems even. So I really try to help people to um, shift their mindset to believe that what they want is possible and develop some some skills and ability to create the reality that they want in their career and in their life. Because I think everybody deserves to be happy as well as successful. I, I think that's um, so, huge. I love that. Yeah, and so I'm excited to be here today because I actually made a pivot in 2017 from a 30-year career in corporate marketing. So I uh, worked in mainly as a marketer in financial services. In the last 12 years of my career, I was leading marketing for several businesses at a large national bank. So 
I feel right at home with you guys. Oh, I've got to say, since that sounds like there's a story there, I would like, why after 30 years did you go, okay, I'm done. Uh-huh. I'm going to do the, I, I, there's got to be a story there. I would, I would like to know, is there, is there, can you, can you give us a little bit of yeah, insight I to that? Mean- you know, I, I worked at the, the company I was at for 12 years. And I mean, I worked at another bank for close to 10 years before that. And I had worked mainly in B2B marketing, which I love. I mean, that's a that's a passion area of mine. It's different, obviously, than B2C. And in the time that I was at my last employer, 12 years, I had four different jobs. Um, and the last job that I got was not one that I asked for or applied for. It was one of these deals that, you know, sometimes in the corporate world, you're what I call voluntold <laughs> that this is the next thing you're going to do. And I really, I tried my darndest to say no to this job, but my boss was like, no, no, I really want you in it. I never really felt like it was a good fit from the beginning, but I, I did it for a couple years and I just found that. I, you know, it never was a good fit. And when I looked around the company, I just didn't really see anything that looked like it was a logical next step. I mean, I'd been there 12 years. And by the way, the company is foreign owned. So you can only go so high in the US. Um, and I kind of came in near the top so of marketing. So um, that just got me thinking, you know, what do I want to do? What's next? I, I interviewed with other companies, but honestly, I, I was feeling like, the opportunities that were presented were not floating my boat. I just wasn't getting excited. I mean, they were good jobs on the face of them, but I just wasn't getting excited. And that just led me to get curious about, you know, what's going on here. And I started thinking about, I actually took my own advice that I give to a lot of my clients, which is what are you good at and what do you like to do? And I always had put a lot of energy into coaching and mentoring people on my staff. Uh, just made sense to me, right? If people are more confident and they're able to, you know, do their jobs well, it makes me look good. They're happy and it's good for the company. And, you know, I kind of got feedback that I was good at that. And I had also hired coaches a couple times in my career. So I understood what they did. And so I actually decided to leave my organization. I was in a position where I could leave without having another job. I basically thought at first it was just going to be a sabbatical. <laughs> and um, during that time, I enrolled in a coach training program and I got certified. And by the, it was about an eight month process to become certified. And by the end of that, I just, I, I initially had thought, oh, I'll get another job and I'll just kind of do this on the side, side hustle kind of thing. But just in that time period, I thought, well, what the heck, you know, why not now? Why don't I just go ahead and try to start my own business? And so Why I not now. I, I love that. that. Yeah. And I mean, I figured I could always change my mind later, but I'm still making it work. Um, and I, I really love the, the freedom and I get to still be uh, creative and, you know, do a lot of writing and so forth, um, developing campaigns for my own business. So I still have, you know, anytime that you're an entrepreneur, you are also a marketer. So <laughs> Boy, I, I still get to that do that. And then also I, I actually have my own podcast called Marketing Mambo, Marketing um, where Mambo. I started it a little over a year ago because I kind of missed talking to marketers every day. So now I get to 
is, interview marketers on my podcast. Is Mambo kind of an homage to moms? Is that what Mambo or is no, something else? Okay. No, I was just curious. It, it really came about because at first I was like, okay, I wanted to have a cool name and <laughs> for my podcast. And I was like, uh, you know, marketing careers, blah, you know, like everything I came up with seemed uh, boring. So and then I was like, okay, what can I do with the alliteration? And I was like saying like, and I was like marketing Mamba, that just sounds cool. I immediately started thinking about like what the logo could be, which the logo for my podcast is actually my head on Karma Miranda's body. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the, nice. I, I had an artist do it for me. It turned out nice. awesome. Um, but actually I looked up the word Mambo and it comes from this African dialect that means let's talk. So it has huh. a meaning, and oh, it sounds wow. cool, nice. and I have That's a cool perfect. logo. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Love it. Awesome. Well, hey, let, sh can we? Should we spin the wheel? Let's Are you spin up the for wheel. spinning the wheel? Let's do some more mambo. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do some mambo. Let me All get my right. Let me get my drums ready. Okay. You ready? Okay. All right. We are <laughs> spinning the wheel now. <laughs> Yellow and. Ooh, here we go. Question is. <laughs> this is a good question. This is a really good question. What is your special sauce? What is your special uh, sauce? Oh. <laughs> What's my special what sauce? What makes you unique? What makes you better than every other person out there doing what you're doing? What makes you the person we need to go to? Bam. Well, you know, I think it's I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the fact that I work with a lot of high achievers slash overachievers that are super hard on themselves. And I know how to coach those people because that's me. And I had to overcome a lot of obstacles myself. I've also dealt with a lot of, you know, stuff in the corporate world that a lot of my clients run into. And so I can relate to them very directly on things that I've experienced. Um, but I'm also a truth teller who's empathetic. And, yeah. and to me, I feel like that's a good, maybe three-legged stool for, for coaching, right? Like been there, so I understand what you're dealing with. I'm gonna tell it to you the way I see it, but I'm also gonna make it safe for us to think about what do you wanna do next. Right. I think it's interesting because you had said before, some people look outwardly like they're super successful, but inwardly mm -hmm. they're, they're torn all to pieces. Mm -hmm. I, I think that yeah. is probably more now in this world than anywhere before do we have this yeah. this thought of I got to do more I got to do more yeah. I'm, I'm I'm faking it the the what you call it syndrome the imposter yeah, syndrome imposter yeah. syndrome yeah. and and on all that crap do it, do you find that's your main focus for your clients is that I mean is it I would say that that's a huge one. I mean, there's a few. Um, some of the other ones are helping rising leaders learn how to be good managers, you know, to, to build the process. Because way too many people that get prom promoted from an individual contributor to a manager or manager to director have never had any kind of training and how to be effective as a leader. That's right. And, um, you know, a lot of times they're just modeling behavior that they've seen, which as we all know, there's a lot of dysfunctional behavior out there, you know, from, from leaders who probably also were never trained. And so I, I really try to help people um, find the leverage points in their 
world, if you will, you know, their, their career, um, so that they can get more done without, you know, grinding it out more, you know, have bigger impact with less effort, basically. And it's possible, you know. Um, but I, I also think that nowadays, the being busy and overworked has become glorified. And I, I mean, I used to see this at the bank that, you know, you'd walk down the hall and see somebody, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm so busy. Right. And they'd be like walking real, you know, <laughs> status symbol fast to a meeting. And I, and I, and I was just always kind of like, eh, you know, like busyness does not equate with effectiveness or success. Right. But I think for a lot not of people, they just don't know what else to do and they want to look busy so that they keep their job and, you know, just, it's a little, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of calling a spade a spade, if you will. Uh, I, I for off, Often in the corporate world, I was like, am I the only one that sees the emperor has no clothes? <laughs> and I I just tell people, you know, if, I, if they're telling me about their situation and I'm, you know, if that's what it sounds like, I'll reflect it back to them. So that, because a lot of times people see this stuff and because everybody else is acting like the emperor has a beautiful outfit on, they start thinking they're crazy and they're not, you know, we really need to learn to develop our own self validation rather than looking outside of ourselves because that's when we get super stressed out, you know, when we're like, Oh, you know, it is this person think about me. It is worrying. Yeah. It's interesting that managers you're hiring, especially I come from a technology space a lot and it's bizarre to me to see, you know, this person is hired as a technology person. They're good at their job. They're great at technology. They've been in the company a while. Well, we've got to, you know, move them up the ladder, but they should never be, or at least be taught somehow to deal with other people because they never have yet. They're the best choice. That is just, and, and I think if, if I'm a company and I'm wanting my people to move up and do what I should be, taking proactive and teaching them hiring people like you for these people yeah. is that is that being done is that i mean it, in in the Some in the past it sure I'm, hasn't yes i'm i'm working with a lot of companies where they are doing that and they're doing it because they want to retain people people want to move up or maybe their boss is too busy to provide them the mentoring um or, you know, maybe there are things that that person wants to talk about that they don't feel comfortable talking to their boss about. But, I mean, I've seen, you know, great results, you know, that people, I actually had one client that I actually wrote about in my book that when we first started working together, she had worked at this company for about 20 years. I think she had started there when she first got out of college. And uh, she had recently gotten promoted from being a team leader where she had eight people reporting to her to being the department head. And she had 50 people on her team. And when she was the team leader, you know, she was kind of a player coach. And if anybody on her team got, you know, in over their head, she would just jump in and like grab some things off their plate and, you know, help, help steer the ship forward, right? But she, when she got promoted to the department head, she was trying to manage a team of 50 the same way that she managed the team of eight. And she's, one of the first things she said to me when we started working together was, I'm thinking of asking my boss to demote me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, first of all, why? She's like, because I'm working 70 hours a week. I have kids. 
my I have to take so much work home on the weekends. My husband takes them everywhere. I never get to see them. I'm miserable. And I said, okay, before you ask for a demotion, let's see if we can figure out some ways for you to get more done in less time. You know, till and and it was funny. There were just a lot of small little tweaks. Like the first thing that she did was closed her door for two hours a, a day at work yeah. because she wanted to be an open door manager. And so people were, it, there was just a constant line in and out of her office all day long. And, you know, she's kind of a nurturing kind of person. And so she was worried that, oh, what are people going to think if I close my door? Are they going to think that, you know, wonder what I'm doing? And I was like, tell them you have to get your own work done. So you're going to close your door and, you know, they can email you or that you can set up office hours or whatever. Um, but the funny thing is that when she started closing her door, fewer people came to her because if they had a question, they went to somebody else, which I'm like, that just makes sense. She's very highly paid to be the, you know, Q&A person for the department, you know, but it was just a lot of little things like that. Some of the other things were that she had people on her team that needed to give her uh, input for a report and she she was spending all the time um, formatting this stuff and I was like no 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 <laughs> let's flip this you give them the format they put it in the format you just put it all together or your assistant puts it all together you know it's just like little things like that but she was able to reduce the um the number of hours that she was working to you know between 55 and 60 which you know it's still a lot but that's an incredible change though yes huge well and the funny thing about her too is that I think that she was working so hard that she didn't even have time to check in with herself because what the interesting thing that happened after she uh, was able to reduce the number of hours is that she started thinking that maybe she might want to do something else. And she had recruiters calling her all the time and she took a call and ended up getting a job, um, another job with another company making like 20% more with a much, uh, you know, like, a more controllable schedule. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that was, that was like a two part success story. Cause she definitely, you know, had more success at her first job, but then that just gave her enough confidence to actually interview elsewhere. And she got a better job. That's cool. I, I think there's something to say for that breathing. And I've always thought, yeah, you leave your door open and, and you learn eventually that you do have to, close the door sometimes yeah uh, yeah it just it just is what it is you'll never well, get anything for, done that works for business owners as well as managers i mean uh the, one of the big problems that business owners tend to run into is is they want to be the go-to guy for everything because it's their business it's their baby but mm -hmm. um the the biggest learning that that uh, business owner has to experience in order to be successful is to let go and let the team do the work right. and yeah. so yeah that, that's it's huge yeah it is so huge true. and that's i i always say you know what's the opportunity cost when you're doing something that's below your pay grade you know because a lot of times people i mean i see it i've coached business owners as well as you know a lot of leaders in corporate world um and a lot of times people will say it's just faster for me to do it mm -hmm. right and and I'm like, no. no, even if it takes the person that reports to you Bad three or parenting. four times as long, 
um, it's still probably cheaper for the business to have somebody who makes less than you or whose time is not as valuable. Because you know, if you're a leader, whether you own the company or you're a leader in an organization, there's some things that only you can do. You know, and so if you're doing things that you could potentially delegate, that means you're not doing things that only you can do. Yeah. And so you're not you're not getting as much effectiveness or efficiency productivity out of the organization because you're not leveraging all the resources as fully as you could. That's right. So true. It's yep. Building a team, building a trust, a team of yep. people you can trust, whether it's a marketing consulting company or a business coaching company. Um, or whether it's employees that are with you and you know, finding those people that you that you can connect to. You know, yeah. like trust. That's yes, right. absolutely. That's right. It's so funny about that. Yeah, I I worked with somebody, uh, a business owner, business owner over, um, you know, the lockdown. I think we started working together like in May of 2020, and she was just pulling her hair out because she had a a candle candle business, and it's a it's very high end. It's like sold in like crate and barrel and, you know, like fancy um, home decor stores and stuff like that. But she had a studio where they manufactured the candles. And of course, with like social distancing and people calm down with COVID, it was like they could never really keep up with things. And we, we worked together and it was funny. She wasn't delegating a lot because like deep down inside, she didn't really trust some of the people that she had in certain roles. And I don't think that she recognized it at first. And then of course, when we started thinking about like, okay, is that person the right person to have in that role? You know, she started being fearful about like, oh, well, what if I can't find anybody? Or what if, what are other people gonna think? But, you know, we worked through that and she actually ended up, you know, letting some people go and hiring some other people. And now she has like this fantastic team in place that, and it, she was actually able to move from manufacturing in-house to sending it out to a contract manufacturer so she can focus more on the design of, that's what her passion is, is the design of the candles. Um, and it was, you know, so it was just really interesting. And it's funny how, you know, sometimes people just have very deep-seated, like almost unconscious fears about, actions that they could take that keep them from taking it because it's scary right it's scary to think like oh you know if i let that person go am i ever going to find somebody new that can do it and you know the answer is yes <laughs> of course you can you can find somebody it well it might take a while but okay terry are you up for like spinning the wheel yeah, of like this of this one this one will be a little different it should be a little different we'll see who knows what will happen uh, let's give it a shot. We're going to roll it. <clears throat> Have fun with it. Yeah, it this, this is really literally okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So the wheel has spun, and, and the words are brush with death. Oh, brush with death. Okay, tell us, tell a story or whatever you want to um, Yeah, tell us a story about a brush tell with you a death. Story of a well, brush you, with about death. you, of course, not, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. three little yeah. pigs or um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't I don't have any like super serious ones, but I have a couple that, you know, potentially could have been um, <laughs> There you go. 
Um, <laughs> well, I almost I died. Dead. I don't know that one. I came on the <laughs> I, I came on the No Light no, Trust I podcast. Worse, I could have died. So when I was in high school, okay, my dad's a car guy. Like you know, he's he's definitely a car guy. And I I grew up in Delaware in kind of a, a rural area. So you know, kind of had to have a car, right? Like my high school actually, there were three towns that went to the high school. So my dad bought me. A 1966 Mustang for my first car. Um, He's a good dad right there. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Um, But uh, it had snowed, like, it was January of, I think it was my, it was either my junior or senior year. I can't remember exactly um, which, but I actually parked my car in this church parking lot that was, like, one house away from my house i would just like walk across the neighbor's backyard to go to the the church parking lot to get my car and um i went out and there was snow on the parking lot and stuff and um i backed up and every time that i would put it in you know drive to go forward the car would like be spinning and stuff and and i was i was like so nervous because i had to get to school on time because there was i had an exam that day and so i'm I kept trying and finally the minister comes out of the comes out of the house and he's like bringing these like you know like the rugs that you have at your front door to like put under the the uh-huh. <laughs> under the back tires and by the way like I don't know if you guys know the Mustangs are rear rear wheel drive so they're not great in the snow. No. Um, <laughs> finally I look down and I see that I had left the emergency brake on. So that was the problem. <laughs> but still this is like ten minutes later, so I'm totally late for school. I put the <laughs> emergency brake down and I like start going and the, the minister's like, Go, go, go like, <laughs> You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I get out to the highway about I don't know, eight miles from my town to the town where the high school was. And I get out to the highway and, you know, it's rural and the divided highway with two lanes on each side. And um, they only had, they'd only plowed one lane. There was one lane that didn't have snow in it. And I get behind this guy and, you know, plus I have, you know, I'm like 16, 17 years old, right? I'm an idiot. Um, So I get behind (laughs) this car that to my little teenage mind is going too slow. Oh. And so oh. I pull out into the <laughs> left-hand lane to, to pass. And when I went back to go in front of the other car, I just spun out. I was just spinning yep. wildly yep. in the highway. <laughs> and I just remember, like, time stood still, you know, and didn't know, like, where I was going to stop or whatever. But I ended up hitting the guardrail head on. Oh, um, and, you know, the 1966 Mustang mm. only has a lap belt, which I was wearing. But my head went forward and I hit the I hit the steering wheel and I broke my nose. So not oh. life threatening. OK, um, but I felt like I wanted to die. because <laughs> My car got totally smashed up. Yeah, right. So um, that's. That's one story, and then of course the those people that I passed, they this was like 1980 or 81, something like that. They went and called an ambulance, and the ambulance came, and so it was super embarrassing to ride in the back of the ambulance because I had a broken nose. Um, <laughs> so that's one. Um, that's I pretty it. good, though. I love yeah, it. That's, that's yeah, great. That yeah, that's okay. awesome. <laughs> the other one is um, when I was about 30 years old. I was actually in getting my MBA and my husband was, uh, I was at University of Maryland getting my MBA and my husband at the time, it was my boyfriend, 
um, he and I, uh, he was also studying there and we, we went to, um, I think we went to Vermont, went to Vermont for, uh, spring break to ski. And, you know, I had my own skis. I could ski pretty well. And, um, but my boots, my ski boots, they were mine, but they were really uncomfortable. And we were there for a few days and, and my shins were getting like really bruised up from the boots. And so I kept loosening the boots Oh no! and, uh, we, we were out skiing and I like went to turn one time and I fell and I'm like sliding down the slope and my skis didn't come off because the boots weren't tight enough. Right. Like it's supposed to like pop out of the ski. Right. Um, and it turned my knee and when I finally stopped and I got up, my leg was like spaghetti. Ooh. I mean, I, I had actually torn my ACL, but uh, my husband, my boyfriend, Scott, uh, at the time, he flagged down the ski, ski patrol and they came and, you know, you see the, them bringing people down in like the body bag kind of thing, like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. mummy thing. Yeah. Um, so they came and loaded me up into that and they, like they pull the, the blanket up, like they like zip you into those things. <laughs> and then, you know, these guys are like expert skiers and he's like zooming down to take me to the like clinic at the bottom of the mountain. And that was like a bumpy, uncomfortable ride. And I felt like I was in a coffin. So it wasn't life threatening, <laughs> but it, it was life changing. I will say that to tear my ACL, it was pretty life changing, but uh, yeah, that was a unique experience. Oh, those are good. That's good. Yeah. That's that's Great that's definitely yeah. get us to know and, and like, like what's going on with you. That's <laughs> cool, sure. Terry. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, what uh, last piece? We want to know why you do what you do. Trust. What's yeah? This we grow this trust piece, and we leave this up to you. However, you want to to let the listeners get to know and trust Terry. Well, I am a first-generation college graduate who was always very ambitious. I was, I was pretty ambitious about everything in my, my life growing up. I was kind of a go-getter. Um, and when I got out of college, I really wanted to be successful in the corporate world. But I pretty soon discovered that what makes you successful in school is not what makes you successful necessarily in the workplace. Like there's a different set of rules, but nobody tells you what they are. And, you know, I, I had a lot of frustration early in my career because I really wanted to move up. And I felt like I was doing everything that I thought I should do to move up, but it wasn't, I wasn't moving up as fast as I wanted to. And so I was super frustrated, but just over time, like I read a lot and then I had some good mentors along the way. And I had one particular mentor that, um, I felt like he kind of pulled back the curtain. I worked, this was at the first bank I worked at. They, he pulled back the curtain and was like pointing out to me specifically what was going on around me. You know, cause I'd say things like, how come those two executives aren't cooperating on this? And he was like, because both of them want the next level up. They're in competition. They don't want to, they don't want to cooperate, stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you know, so this guy like kind of just, opened my eyes to what was going on. And just as I learned lessons, you know, I mentioned earlier that I really liked uh, coaching and mentoring people. Part of the reason why I did was because people had done that for me. And it ha once I got that coaching and mentoring, I was able to start m moving up. And so my, my why is because is that 
I want to share the unwritten rules of work, of playing the game of work so people can win that nobody tells you. Um, and I believe also that there's way too many people that are really smart and hardworking that are very frustrated and unhappy because they're not getting the results that they expect at work. And so, you know, my why is to help people expand that overlap between their personal happiness and professional success because everybody deserves to be happy, I think. Yeah, I love it. What do you do you um, dare mention that mentor's name? Um, his name is Raj. Raj? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the thing I loved about what you're talking about is because it is your why. And I've as, as I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, their why comes from someone, from someone, right? Yeah. Maybe it might be their dad, it might be someone like Raj. Suddenly, you know, here's Terry, and all of a sudden, there's this new world, and suddenly now she gets, right? And now she, but what is, so she she takes that for herself and runs with it, but that's not good enough. She wants to do what Raj did for her for other people. Yes. And suddenly that's a yeah. business, and that is just beautiful in my opinion. So, so well done, thank you. Thank you, thank Raj, you. and yeah. thank you, Terry. <laughs> good job, Raj. You inspired someone with, with greatness. Wow, this was great, Terry. Thank you so much for being on the show. I like we we did it last last time, and I think we should do it again and and kind of go around because we don't all we don't talk. We kind of listen to the person. Can we, can we add the new thing, the new the, the no like trust? Whoa, what, oh. what are what are you doing specifically? Yes, thank you. Then we'll do that other. And then thing. we'll do the other thing. <laughs> so, so here, here's the question. Go ahead, take it away, Troy. Because, um, um, what are you doing, Terry? Uh, because a lot of our, our listeners and this shows for other entrepreneurs and, and and people on teams and building teams. What are you doing to, um, have been doing to get people to know and like and trust you in your coaching business? You know, you say that when you have your own business, you're also a marketing. What? Are you, what things yeah. are you doing that has worked for you and so that we can kind of copy? <laughs> well, um, I would say like hustling, period. But um, no, the, that like one comes yeah, that's, that's a good the one. first thing that I, I did was I started blogging um, and the blog actually became the seeds of the book. You know, I had blogged for like two years and people and, and it was just me sharing my insights and lessons that I learned about, you know, the game of work and I was getting, you know, good, good feedback. And then somebody said, you know, you probably have enough words for a book. And I did, <laughs> but I, I, were, I wrote more. Um, but, you know, sharing my thoughts in my book, I actually am on a lot of podcasts, right? So I get to share my insights with people. Um, I have my own podcast. Um, so, you know, interviewing people and, and allowing people to know, like, and trust me to, you know, they can hear me because if somebody goes to my website, they see my picture, maybe they see what's been written there, but they don't get a sense of who I am. But if they hear me or they, if they're able to listen in on the conversation I'm having with someone else, they can kind of get a sense of that. And, you know, I obviously am not doing it as much now, but in the pre COVID days, I did a lot of networking you know, I, w I was actually pretty involved in the American Marketing Association chapter in Chicago. I did some speaking there um, and went to events, you know, because I think it's great. I love meeting 
people and trying to figure out like what we have in common and how we might be able to help each other. I think the key there, you said it, you hustle. You hustle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The there, there's always lot. been something different. Well, but, <laughs> but, but the thing I like is she's hustling in the right way. She's hustling in presenting her unique personhood. Right. Right? Yes. And personhood. that's what's right. attracting. See, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. And, and I just think entrepreneurs, I mean, that's part of her thing about successful but not satisfied Sometimes even our marketing, we're not satisfied with it because it's not being authentically us. Yeah. Tie it back in. Mm, fi- find good. that true passion. So Touch true. those buttons. Imposter so. syndrome. Imposter yeah, syndrome. Imposter. Okay. Let's go around the room, uh, you hosts, and gold Host. nuggets that you got from Terry. That's the new thing, right? We just keep adding on and adding on to this thing. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start with Brett this time because we went with Ryan Woo. last time. So Brett, uh, insight that you got from from Terry. Well, um, you know, in the beginning when when Terry was uh, was going through her introduction, she uh, she talked about um, a couple of things. First of all, when she made her her big change, she followed her own advice. And which is always a good idea. Follow your own advice, right? Um, and she she said, "What are you good at, and what do you like to do?" The other thing that really stood out to me uh, from that time, uh, from that description, is she was um, talking about what's next and and now. Why not now? Why not just do it now? And I was reminded of my time as a uh, um, as in, in the finance world, I uh, I worked worked as a broker, and um, one of the things that I would always say is it's never the wrong time to be invested in the right thing. And so, just in that same light, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing for yourself, and it's never the wrong time to do the right thing for for your business. So I. I that was a big gold nugget for me. That was my big takeaway. I love it. Brett's, love it, love it. Brett's a smarty awesome. pants. He is a smarty yeah. pants. That's why we <laughs> still have him on the show. Yeah, we'll keep him. We'll keep him. <laughs> <laughs> so mine was, and it just, it really stood out to me while you were talking uh, about the the teaching them how to be a manager. That that how important it is. You know, we go to school to to learn all of our technical stuff and all of these things and we learn this and then we go into an industry and we learn that industry but but managing people is nothing compared i mean it's not the same thing and i just think if a company understands that and it and it spends money to teach their people how to manage how to connect how to do their time time management all of that stuff how powerful that is and i just think that was a reminder to me to really really look at that with my employees my companies all that good stuff so that was my gold nugget yeah um uh, i uh, i love it um uh, the one thing that i i was kind of really just pondering and thinking about while terry was speaking was that there's a there's pros and cons with everything and high achievement has cons it has negatives and hmm. but that there's there's way there's things that we can learn learn from others learn just on our own on how to minimize some of those cons and high achievement so that you can be miserable is a definite bad deal <laughs> yeah. so 
Anyway, thank you, Terry, for Love it. discussing that. <laughs> You're welcome. Mr. Pilkington. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Terry, so much. And thanks for having me on the show again, guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just keep showing oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's right. You just show <laughs> up and like, throw right. it on. Yeah. It's all the food you... No. <laughs> yeah, you want a snack? Oh, we're empty. Uh, Terry, uh, thanks for taking on uh, a new chapter in your life and being a mentor and paying it forward. I think that was the main thing that I took away from it. I think uh, when choices are presented, we have choices, and uh, just follow your heart sometimes is the best way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much. Can you tell us how people can get a hold of you, You know, take, take it away on, on, on your links, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, people can go to my website at terrybmcdougall.com to learn more about me and to uh, book a exploratory call with me. It's free. Um, I'm also next week launching a, a subscription service and the uh, for for a uh, paid newsletter and also uh, starting a waiting list for a book club where we'll be. Uh, going through my whole book and learning all of the lessons in there in a group program. Um, you can go to subkit.com backslash coach Terry to learn more about that. Um, and then if you're interested in checking out my book, winning the game of work, it's available at barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. And then finally, since, you know, this is a podcast for people interested in marketing. If you want to hear some interesting conversations with really cool marketers, besides these guys here, um, <laughs> you can go to marketingmambo.net or look for it on any of the podca podcast Marketing platforms. Marketingmambo.net. I like that. That's yeah. Mambo like, number. Awesome. Thanks again, Terry. This has been a good show. Wonderful. Thanks, gentlemen, for showing up again. Awesome, awesome. We will Thanks. see you next time for Stampede No Like and Trust. <laughs> <laughs>